of Moly's Magic Makers. I just hung up with my guest today, Leslie Cooster, and I truly don't know if I've ever been more inspired by a guest than I was by this conversation. If I had to pick a theme, I would say that the theme for this one is it's never too late. It is never too late to create success, financial wealth, and a life of freedom for ourselves, as well as a way to lift up the people around us, whether it's our families, our partners, our children, our fellow women in the trenches with us. This conversation is mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. So Leslie is in her mid-60s now, and when she was 55, she took her clothing brand. She started a clothing brand after the age of 50, and she took it from $50,000 a year in annual revenue at age 55 to multiple seven figures in annual revenue. And I want to take a second because I know that in the entrepreneurship world, there can be a really toxic focus on money and numbers. But the reason I want to call this out, like that jump, that jump is insane from $50,000 a year and playing small because $50,000 is nothing to sneeze about. Do not get me wrong. But to know that one year later, Or just a handful of years later, she had the capacity to get to multiple seven figures just by changing the way she thought about herself and taking small actions towards a bigger goal. And she got to multiple seven figures that just, it's so mind blowing to me how often we choose to numb ourselves, to numb our desires, because we think we're not trained enough. We don't have enough resources. Who am I to go and do this? And here's the thing. Multiple seven figures does not have to be your goal. Your goal could be way, way different than that. Your goal could look so, so different, but you will never know what you are capable of until you examine if you are staying small for a certain reason. And that is what this conversation is about today. So what started out as a pitch about helping women start businesses by igniting their passion, Leslie does one-to-one mentoring. She has online courses. She has a ton of free content on her website. She has a new book called Seven Keys to Seven Figures, The Women Entrepreneur's Guide to Money and Freedom that's being released in fall 2022. All of that is amazing, but what really struck me about this conversation was actually discussing a couple of things that most entrepreneurs are way too scared to touch. One is age and death, which, (laughs) sorry, I know, big bomb to drop on you, Um, but discussing feeling like it's too late. And that can be literally at any age. I'm 35. I can't tell you how often I feel like, oh, I'm too late to this. So I'm just not going to do it. It's such a myth that we tell ourselves. The other piece that we talked about that I was not expecting and that really, I'm going to have to sit with this for a minute. Um, Probably not a minute. I'm going to have to sit with this for a few months 
which is unpacking what Leslie called princess in the tower syndrome. (laughs) I'm laughing because this is something I really struggled with to be perfectly honest with you. After I ended my relationship last year, my partner at the time was way more financially successful from me. And one of the ways that he showed care was by literally taking care of me financially in many ways. And while that was so generous and beautiful to experience, it really messed with, and this isn't on him, this is on me, messed with my ideas of worth, of self-worth, of what made me worthy of that care, adjusting myself. Again, this is on me, not him adjusting myself in order to appease and be more traditionally feminine so that I could like fit that role of like the cared for woman again, totally on me, totally my mindset, because that was the mindset that I was given from a young age by our culture. And this conversation with Leslie, absolutely It's really the first time that I've had a conversation where I feel like I've acknowledged that that is in my bones too, because it's in all of our bones. We're taught forever that we should be taken care of and that that's what makes us successful, right? If we're attractive enough to be supported in that way, this is really complicated stuff, but the point that I want to make here is it's stuff that we need to be talking about and bringing out into the light, because until we do, we will never know the abundance we are capable of creating for ourselves from ourselves. We will never know the security and the assurance that we will be able to have within us from ourselves so that we can then go out and be more present partners and have it be about the emotional relationship, have it be about the friendship with our partners, instead of worrying about how money affects our self-worth and affects our standing and our power, right? My God, there's so much here. I just want to kick into this conversation Truly, truly, truly so grateful to Leslie for coming on and having these deeper conversations and really excited for you to be here to absorb her wisdom. Again, all of her information is in the show notes. I highly encourage you to go learn more about the resources that she has, especially for women who may be struggling to build the business and the life of their dreams. And she really does give so many insights, principles tools, like actionable steps to go and claim that freedom and create the wealth that you yearn for. So with that, please welcome Leslie Cooster to find your magic. Leslie, thank you so much for joining us all the way from Athens, Greece. My goodness. I think you win the prize for the uh, most remote find your magic podcast guest. Oh, I love, I love that. I won that prize. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We just had some great Greek food actually right before. Oh, I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. There was a wonderful Greek restaurant in this hidden strip mall where I grew up was called Athena cafe Athena. 
and they had the best, is it baklava? The, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. That dessert with the honey and the pistachio. Come on, come on. You'll have to have a baklava in my honor. Well, I have matter of fact, had a box in my refrigerator and my husband and I put it in the garbage can this morning (gasps) because we've been, he sneaked a piece and he ate the other and we're both off sugar quote off sugar. (laughs) And they were like that baklava box is now going in the garbage can. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I support you, but man, that hurts my soul. (laughs) I know. know. That's beautiful though. I, in fact, I would love if you shared what you shared with me before we hit record, which was what brought you to Athens. I just love this so much. I find it so inspiring. Well, I retired my husband. Yeah, you did. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I retired my husband. So my husband is Swiss. And even though I'm from New York, uh, I've been living in Switzerland and Zurich with him for almost 20 years. And, you know, I, my business is an online business. So that means I can work from anywhere. And we've been talking about for, for many years that, you know, one day we'll go back to the States or we'll go here, we'll go there. But of course he had a job. And what happened was, you know, we've always been wanting to do it. We've always been wanting for him to to finally quit or whatever. But when COVID hit, you know, it then got to the point, like, if not now, when, like, you know, he's 59, is it better for him to do it at 61? Is it better at 63? Like, when is it going to be better? Yeah. And we just decided, let's just do it. I retired him because my business, thankfully, is, is doing very well. And I was able to. So we are now nomads. We, we own property. We actually own three properties. We rented everything out and we we, yeah we're we were just in Spain we were just in like last week in France we're now in Greece for three weeks we're heading to Africa the end of June for safari and uh, we're having yeah it's just beautiful it's my dream ah I love this so much Leslie so This morning, this is a really timely conversation for me personally, because I've been thinking so much about fear of scarcity. And I think retirement is perhaps the most perfectly constructed, combustible, like the, it's the match. That's that spark that lights the, the blaze of the fear of scarcity, right? Like you're, you're giving up what has perhaps become a safety net or a routine or a pattern of a job for so long. I imagine there must be a lot of uncertainty that you have to embrace and perhaps a fear of like, who am I to do this? And I think that there's so much mindset work that goes into being able to have that dream become a reality. Yeah, that is, you're so right. You know, as, as great as this all sounds, there was definitely a fear like, okay, he's quitting his job. That means we lose his salary. That means it's like all on my shoulders. That means like, you know, what, what does that mean for the relationship too? Like we, you know, the relationship that, you know, he always worked and always contributed financially in that way. And then now I'm mostly contributing in that way. And, and, and how does that like change us and our, our couple, 
and all of that. And, and, and yeah, and when he quit the job, when he actually send the, sent the letter in, I mean, there's actually like a lot more to this story too. I bet, I bet. But that's the thing is like, this is why I love having these conversations, Leslie. And I'm so grateful for you showing up fully for it because I think so often women, especially women entrepreneurs, we're, we're told the end product, right? We're told the, I retired my husband and it feels so far away from reality for us, perhaps. And nobody talks about, well, it affected, we had to consider how it would affect our relationship and all of the, all of those more uncomfy things that led up to the dream coming true. When he sent that letter in to, to, to quit, you know, and they accepted it, sure, (laughs) yeah, the whole thing, uh, it just, it's like, you know, we, we had a very comfortable, super comfortable life, you know, beautiful apartment, he has his work, I have my work, we were like super comfortable. And then not, you know, not only did I retire him, we also decided to completely like pack up and move out of our home as well. So, you know, we just decided we are just going to rent out our apartment furnished. We're just taking basically our clothes, moving some personal things out of the apartment down into the basement. So it's not just quit the job. It was quit the job, quit the home, quit the country. Yeah. Wow. We don't know where. So it taught, you know, talking about fear and, yeah, there was definitely a lot of fear. There was, um, um, I'm in a mastermind with three other really wonderful women entrepreneurs. And I so recommend women to do this, mm. you know, and it was, I think it was sometime in August or uh, because he quit in, I think June, last June. And I was just like, what have I done to our lives? You know, totally. what have, like our perfect, comfortable life, what have I done? But what keeps me going through the fear yeah, honestly, is that I had had death visit me many times throughout my life, starting at 17, where my boyfriend very sadly was killed in a car on his way to picking me up for my high school graduation. Oh, my God. And Leslie. Wow. So at 17, and then again, it 30 something. And then I've had a lot of touches with death and and losses as many of us have. And I've never forgotten how close death is. I I am one of those people who like, I could talk about my funeral easily. Like it doesn't, where some people are like, don't mention it. It's, it's very close to my life. And so that fear when that fear comes up, that is where I go. And that's what keeps me away from the fear. I just hear kind of tick-tock, tick-tock time going. Yeah. And, and, and as I said before, if not now, when? When is a better time? When you're 65, when you're 70, when you're 80? Like Nothing when is promised. 45, when you had the third child, when you have the first, you know, when you made 100,000, when you made a million, when you made 50,000, what is the right time? Yeah. So you know how when someone is in business for a while and you ask them, like, what's the one thing you wish you had done sooner? 
My answer is I wish I had migrated all of the different platforms that I was using to Kajabi way sooner than I did. I dragged my feet because I was nervous. Technology was intimidating to me. I was totally on my own. I didn't have a team. And when I finally pulled the trigger and signed up for Kajabi, you guys, it was like night and freaking day. They have the best customer service that I've ever experienced. They have a incredible like video library and knowledge base. So any question you have, there's like little videos that show you exactly how to do things. And if you can't figure it out from the videos, you can chat with a customer support rep right there in real time. I'm telling you, like, it's not just for online course programs. When you hear Kajabi, you probably are thinking of their online courses or hosting an online course but it is so much more than that. I have all of my templates on there. It handles all of my payments for me. It like, whenever somebody buys something, it just goes right into my bank account. I handle all my emails from there, all of my marketing funnels, opt-ins, landing pages, you name it. I do it on Kajabi. They're offering a free 30 day trial to find your magic listeners right now. To check that out and read more about the platform, go to kelseyforemost.com slash Kajabi. That's kelseyforemost.com slash K-A-J-A-B-I. God, Leslie, I have so many huge thoughts that I just, I'm so grateful for you. And I'm so grateful for this conversation. I have two things immediately that I want to say first about the funeral, funny story, little levity moment, Elizabeth Taylor, the actress. Um, one of my favorite things about her was everybody always said, Oh, Liz, you'll be late to your own funeral. She was perpetually chronically late to everything. And in her will, she told the executor, I want you to start the funeral and not tell anybody but I want my casket to be 15 minutes late. And she did it on purpose. She was late to her own funeral. And that just, that story stuck with me because I was like, what a wonderful gift to give people of like immediately letting them know this is okay. This is part of life. Like this is inevitable. Might as well be joyful in this moment. Right. I just love that story. Love that. Second thing I want to say is I had a very similar thing happen. Um, not exactly, but that sort of death being an ever present, uh, entity in life from a very early age. My father was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer when I was 15 and was given less than six months. And he ended up battling that cancer for 11 years and he passed when I was 25. So having someone battle a terminal illness where they're like less than six months for 11 years, it is always there. Right. And I really think that you've hit on something so true and so special here, Leslie, because when you have experienced that you are forced to live in the present And to realize that there is no time like the present. It's a tried and true platitude because it is true. It is universal. There is no quote unquote perfect time or perfect salary or number in the savings account or number of kids or whatever it is. Like 
you gotta just do it now. You gotta do it now. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You gotta do it now. And, and let's segue that into something else that you talk about a lot, which is it's never too late. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that that's, First of all, I just want, I'm sorry about, you know, your, your dad. And Thank you. It's like, it was a gift yes. though, you know, yes, like people but it say they're sorry. And I totally yes. resonate with what you said because yes, yes, thank you. I receive that. And I'm so grateful for that gift. Yes. And, and you're right. It is a gift it, and in every difficult situation that, that happens to us. It, it can become an opportunity. And as the saying goes, it's, it's not what happens to you, but it's what you do with what happens to you that really matters. And, and the, the thing you brought about is never too late. It is so never too late. It, I mean, it is, it is only too late when you are dead. That is the only time <laughs> I, I will give it to you. And, and then I'm not even sure anymore. I can't even, you can't even, I can't even guarantee that. <laughs> so Thanks for only- that belly laugh. That was so good. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it is too late when you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So as long as you are breathing, it is truly never too late. And my, you know, my that is my story. And that is really the, the, the message that I really want to, to share, which is that I've been an entrepreneur for a very long time. I started when I was around about 30 years old. I'm, I'm 64. Four right now. So I was an entrepreneur a very long time. And um, as typical of all entrepreneurs, we tend to like do lots of stuff, you know, lots of businesses, lots of things. And I, I did that too. And even though I uh, supported myself and, um, you know, I, you know, was able to pay for nice vacations and, and some, some shopping or whatever it is. Yeah. I wasn't really, let's call it a financially successful entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had always been married. I had my husband's uh, support, financial support. And what happened to me was that in, around about 50, I something just started to feel uncomfortable inside of me. And I was really starting to feel and and acknowledge that I could be doing much better than I was doing, that I had it in me to be doing better. And and not just only financially, in a way of just being empowered, in a way of like being more creative, in a way of challenging myself more, in a way of like stepping into, you know, my genius and whatever I can do in this world. And I was feeling like I just wasn't doing it. And I started to get honest about why I wasn't doing it. And this (laughs) was really the first step. And I realized that it, there was so many, I had so many mindset issues around why I wasn't doing it. And they went something like, well, then I you know, won't be able to go away this summer to a spiritual camp and I'm a spiritual person. Mm-hmm. Or you know, it went something like, I'm not a money person. Or you know, that's not really my thing. Yeah. Or it's more important to me to have lifestyle than it is for me to have success. Because if I have success, then I'll be too busy. And that's not the way I want to live my life. So it was so many things. But once I started to realize that those good reasons were actually mindset glitches that were stopping me from 
living the greatest life I possibly can live. And once I began to be become honest that perhaps I was lying to myself, not knowing it really, but that I really was. And I created this whole way of how I thought I should be living of the type of person I thought I was, because I'm not like that kind of person I'm yeah. this kind of person and all of these structures I put on around me of how I was supposed to be. Yeah. Once I became honest with myself about all of this, that's when it all changed. And yeah. I, I was sitting in our apartment, our little apartment at that time where we used to live in this little cute Swiss village. And I was sitting at my uh, IKEA office table and chair. And I just said, there is just no way I am waking up on my next birthday, not doing $100,000 next year. There's just no way I'm done and I'm changing it. And as I said, I was about 50 years old when this happened. And that. that's what happened. And I made that decision and, and people ask me like, how do you do it? And I had mentioned to you, I have a book coming out. Yes. And the reason why I wrote this book is because I, you know, I didn't go to business school. I have a fashion brand. I don't even know how to sew, you know? So I now have a very successful business. How did I do it? How do you do it? And I did this success that I'm talking about, honestly, since my about my mid fifties. So how do you do it? And the truth is the main thing, the main answer, the main thing is you have to want it. You have to have a burning desire for it. I was not waking up next year, not having it anymore. I was done. Yeah. And that is the number one key to success. Oh my gosh. Thank you for that. That was so inspiring, Leslie. And one of my favorite things in that, that you just said was your willingness and bravery to question why, right? Like some, I think that so many of us, we start to feel that malaise, that unease, something could be better and we numb it. We quickly numb it because it's very uncomfortable and very scary. And there can be a lot of shame stories woven in there and a lot of fear of scarcity. Why would I rock the boat? Who am I to do this? That's other people can do that, but not me. There are so many little excuses. And then we just think like, oh, this would be a great idea. And then we talk ourselves out of it for whatever reason. And we numb, we turn the dial down on that desire. But if you have the bravery, like what you just described to really sit and question, question your beliefs, not only about what you want, but who you are, how often do we question who we are? Often there has to be some sort of big external thing that makes us call things into question, but that doesn't have to be the case. You could be listening to this right now and go home, get a journal and actually write out who am I write down who you think you are and then question every single thing on the list. Yes. Guarantee you it will change if you actually sit there and question it. dream about people coming to your website and telling you, I cannot wait to work with you. I've been looking for this forever. I feel like I already know you. Can I please pay you to help me? 
Or maybe you just want to feel more confident when you sit down to write something for your business, knowing your words aren't just evaporating into the ether of the internet, but instead are connecting with your ideal customers. Look, after years as a freelance copywriter, I can very confidently tell you that no matter what business you're in, great copy turns words on the page into dollars in the bank just like magic, which is why I want to make sure you know that my signature course copy class is currently open for enrollment. Now, here's the thing. You can hire a professional copywriter, but honestly, that could cost you thousands. And it just doesn't make sense to hire someone every freaking time you need to write something for your business which is why I specifically designed copy class for non-writers, entrepreneurs who want to learn to write their own high converting copy without breaking the bank or spending hours staring at the blinking cursor of death. Copy class covers everything you need to know from the psychology behind why certain writing works to honing in on your actual ideal customer, AKA people who are truly going to give you their monies to how to write a website that converts start to finish, and finally, how to send emails that convert and sell. So if you want to learn more about copy class, see what's inside, and hear from past students, head to kelseyformost.com slash copy class. That's kelseyformost.com slash C-O-P-Y-C-L-A-S-S. Yeah, I, I love that. And, you know, qu- as you said, questioning it uh, takes a lot of bravery and it's really easy to numb it. You can numb it with just like watching, you know, more Netflix or eating or, you know, going out with your girlfriends or, or, or what, you know, you're just and, you know, what I also realized was that I had what I call the, uh, you know, the princess tower syndrome that I was guilty of being in <laughs> what, I, what I now call the I love this I love this so much please say more yeah because you know the princess tower syndrome for me was just that yeah I should work you know but it's my husband that really should be earning the big big bucks you know <sighs> that was really like my belief like sure well, we're, we're sold sh- that we're sold, we're sold that, that as women as little girls our entire freaking lives and I was just really lucky that I mean, let's to, I'll just say this about my parents. My dad was from a different generation. He was older than my mom. And he was like, Kelsey, make sure like jokingly grow up and marry a doctor, grow up and marry a lawyer. And my mom forever from like age zero would stop him and say, no, Ray, she's going to be the doctor. She's wow. going to be the lawyer. <laughs> she's going to be the CEO and wow. instilled that in me from a very young age. And it wasn't that my dad was like, purposely maliciously saying this this is our culture forever and ever from hunter freaking gatherers like it's not our fault but it is our responsibility to question that because it is no longer relevant oh my god i love this and this this is really important because i think we think we, I think we think things are different and that women think in different ways and young women were thinking in different ways. But I believe there's what we're talking about right now, this sort of idea and expectation that a woman will be taken care of. Yeah. 
is still very much in us. And as you said, this is coming back from, you know, 2000 years ago. And, you know, only I started to dig deep into the history more. And I mean, even in the United States, in 1970s, a woman couldn't even get a credit card without her husband's signature on it. I know, we don't talk about that. You couldn't own property without your husband. Being this a- is 30 years ago. This is not 300 years ago. Right. So the, the, these archetypes, these fears that we have inside of us as women to be great, to make money, to talk about money, to build businesses, to be independent, all these things. We've never done this before. We really haven't. It's uncharted and, territory. Um, and when you're also in the Princess Tower Syndrome, it's also like, well, why the hell leave it? I mean, please, why leave it? Right. I mean, it's nice. It's also really nice there. Oh, it's and nice. Why, but there's a there's a cost of admission to that tower. Cost. And this is what I want to point out. There is a huge cost. And the women that I know who have been in the Princess Tower forever, who have married wealthy or whatever, married wealthy, whatever, men, yeah. women, whoever they married. It's a risk is all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. It works out for some but it does not work out for most. There is, sadly, your husband or partner dies. The financial situation changes so much. There's divorces, and this really does happen. There's economic crashes that happen. There's pandemics that happen. There's changes in the world that happen. And we are now at a place for women to really embrace this and to really, really understand as Ali Brown, one of my mentors says, it's time to put on the girl, big girl panties and stand <laughs> on our own feet and be independent and not expect anybody, any person to take care of us and to give us what we want in our lives. Yes. And when we do this, we are able to contribute so much more to our families, to our, to our world, to our communities, and to ourself. And this was probably the biggest lesson that I learned was the fears that I had. It would take me away from my spirituality. I'm not that kind of person. I want down, more downtime. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm into my lifestyle. Success is going to take me away from. Mm. was all fears that were pretending to be intelligence of some kinds. They were oh. all fears. And now that I, I'm sorry, I just have to, I just have to repeat what you just said. Fears (laughs) pretending to be intelligence of some kind. My God, can we just sit with that? Because there's a, there's a trick that our brains play on us. And this is actually science. This is, if I may put on my, my nerdy pants and push (laughs) my imaginary glasses up the bridge of my nose, worrying and fear actually satisfies a biological thing. And we think we're planning. We think it's a survive. It's a survival thing. We think, oh, I'm planning for this potential eventuality so that I can avoid this painful or, um, or risky situation. And that's what worry is, but it's fake. That's the thing. Like it's not real. It's not a real situation. You're not living in the present but your brain and your body don't know the difference. So it feels like intelligence. It feels like we're completing some sort of loop, but it's fake. It's not real. It's not the case. You're not dealing with what's in front of you. God, fear. 
masquerading as intelligence. That's going to be the title of this episode. (laughs) Okay. I love it. Yeah. That's so cool. And you're right. It is actually science. It really truly is science. This, and this is how we go through our lives, like believing these thoughts that seem perfectly rational and yeah but they're not actually they're really really not and that's why if you have like if you have a yearning inside of you or if you have like a feeling like oh I could be doing better or maybe I want to start that business or I I'm ready to change something or you know that yearning it will it, it I'm telling you this it will not be inside of you you will not have that unless you're supposed to do something with it it would not mm-hmm. exist it would not exist that feeling I love that. you were not supposed to actually do something about it and I don't mean like an urge like I want to go eat chocolate I'm not I'm talking about like an urge no like I'm a spiritual about- yearning yes there's a beautiful quote by Dr. Wayne Dyer that says don't die with the music still inside you Yeah, And that really, I feel like resonates with what you're saying that if you have that yearning, that spiritual desire, that spark of creativity, that seed of an idea. And again, this goes back to our conversation earlier about numbing, like you have a choice in that moment, either you dismiss and numb that yearning, or you take accountability for that yearning, right? And that's really the crossroads of our lives. And that might happen more than once. That's the other thing. Like for myself, I was telling you before this call and regular listeners will know that I was an actress for 10 years and um, loved it at the beginning. It was a yearning in me. I felt I was supposed to perform. I was supposed to connect with people through stories. And there was a beautiful communion that would happen, especially with live performance, live theater, live singing. But 10 years later, that yearning was no longer there and it was very confusing. And so I had to, but I knew what it felt like, right? I knew what it felt like to follow that yearning and to take accountability for that yearning and to do something about it. And so when I was met with the absence of that, it forced me to get curious. And I guarantee you, if you Like if you're listening to this and you're going, well, I don't have that. I don't have that spark. I don't have that yearning or whatever. I guarantee you though, if you actually are still and examine, like you wouldn't be listening to this podcast of all podcasts. If there wasn't something in you telling you it could be better than this. It should be more beautiful than this. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Well, well said, beautiful. And it's so incredibly true that so it's, you know, I think also, I, I think that does come up a lot, like maybe someone will think, well, you know, yeah, maybe it's not perfect, but I don't know how to get to I don't, I don't know how to get to my yearning, you know, yes. like, that, that's also like, I don't know what that feels like, even. Yes. Uh, and I think that's, something that um, maybe some women or many women experience as well. So one thing you can do though, when that happens is just like, at least notice what you might be struggling with, you know? So like, maybe you're struggling with your weight or you're struggling with your relationship, you're struggling with your job, you're struggling with finances, like see where you're struggling because probably within the struggle is the seed of, the opposite. Our greatest ideas are born from our 
deepest struggles. Honestly, like somebody told me that once they were like the most successful people solve the problem. They wished someone had told them how to solve years ago from their like depths of their pain or their sorrow or their struggles. Those are the, the people who really know how to connect on that deep level are the most successful people. So even if you don't have the idea yet, go to the struggle first. Exactly. Exactly. And everybody knows how to do that. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And yeah. And it's again, like back to that bravery piece. And here's the other thing too, is like, what I hope people take away from this conversation is to remember that you've done it right? Like, yes, it feels really insurmountable when you see like the final product and you think, oh, I could never get to seven figures after 60, you know, like you can, it's just steps. It's just steps. And it's recalibrating after failure. That's all it is. That's it. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's really the marriage of two things, which is the mindset and the wanting and the desire and taking action. So the mm-hmm. two have to, to do it. You know, there's what I like to call it inner actions and outer actions. And we have the inner actions of our mindset, of our, our intentions, of our, you know, that's when we're journaling or we're writing down our goals or creating it inside ourselves and our imagination. But what happens often is nobody then does anything with it. And it's then taking that and then making the outer actions, literally doing something. And I think this is something that is so incredibly important. And a lot of people also like they get stopped there because they don't know how to do it, or they don't think they are trained enough to do it. Oh man! They need to be taught how to do it or those things. And then that's what stops you again. So it's really kind of inner actions and outer actions, but taking those steps to do it literally like a baby step to go and do something physically do it is what makes it start to flow. Yes. And add some accountability on top of it. Just a sprinkle of accountability, get in the mastermind, <laughs> find a, find an accountability buddy, like have somebody keeping you accountable for those outer actions. And it will be much more likely that you will actually complete them. <laughs> yeah, totally. Absolutely. So important. Man, oh man, Leslie, this was such an incredible conversation. I am so grateful our paths crossed and that you could come and speak with us today. Truly, thank you. you. Me too. I've loved our conversation also. (laughs) I I love going deep and because really, you know, entrepreneurism, which is something I really love and and support women to do, it's really, it's like a deep dive into into self-development is what it truly is. And that's why it's, it's just, could be profound. And that's why we could talk profoundly because that's really what it's all about. That's absolutely true. And I want to call out that your book, seven keys to seven figures is going to be released in fall of 2022. So no matter when you're listening to this, put that on your calendar, or if you're listening after fall, 2022, go order it. Where can people find you, Leslie? What's the best way to connect with you? Yeah, thanks for asking. Well, the very best way is go to my website, which is my name is lesliecooster.com. There's lots of free content there, lots of things to read, lots of videos to watch for free. And uh, you could just also sign up for my newsletter. And then you could, uh, I send lots of 
wonderful new content that way too. And then of course, social media. So you could find me mostly on Instagram and all the others as well. Fantastic. And we'll be sure to put those websites and social media links in the show notes so that you can see how it's spelled. So you don't miss a single thing from Leslie because boy, howdy, does she have good stuff. Thank you once again, Leslie. And thank you everybody for tuning in to this episode of find your magic. Take care. Hey, Magic Maker, if you made it to the end of this episode, it means you're truly committed to inviting more magic into your life. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and follow Find Your Magic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to this stuff. Each review truly means so much to me. Thank you for being here. Now go out there and find your magic.